You all right? Yeah. You can take a seat. I get to see who's here and who's not. Cool. Ah, well, first of all, um, I just want to say Emma is, a, Emma is amazing. You, like, you work today, right? You work in London. She comes down, zooms back down, especially for church, right? Yeah. We, need more, we need more Emmas, right? Yeah, very, very cool. Um, so uh, it will all become clear at the end, but me and Jess are laughing and Dan's laughing too, but Barry just went on about the, f- the film um, Great Showman, which is what I'm about to go on about completely. I was like... <laughs> My preacher was nearly called This Is Me, but, <laughs> yeah, but I changed it. But, yeah, uh, towards the end, I go, who's seen the great... I won't do that now. So um, um, I just want to be serious for a second, if that's cool. Um, so I went to Spring Harvest um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I had mixed feelings about going. I was like, I'm not sure I want to go. I don't know if it's going to be good. It was great. I had a really fantastic time. And uh, one of the highlights of, um, for me anyway, um, was um, there was a lady there from North Korea. And she was amazing. It was, uh, we were in the, the big tent. What, I don't know what it's called. It used to be called the big top like 10 years ago, but sorry. <laughs> and um, she was the guest speaker. And it was just the most amazing evening ever. And she didn't speak English, and she, lady, her name was Hiwu, yeah. And that wasn't actually a name, because she was, uh, it was like, she was, that's uh, like a false name. And we weren't allowed to take a photo, so I couldn't grab her for a selfie. Uh, so, um, <laughs> um, but she had a translator. And it was just the most amazing evening ever. And she said how she escaped North Korea, and she was in labor camp. And it was just like, she was just like crying as she spoke. Really incredible stuff, and I was like, takes a lot to make me go, but that was a moment. (laughs) Um, And um, at the end, she said, um, or they said, she didn't speak English, Um, they said she's going to sing Amazing Grace, and uh, she sang Amazing Grace just by herself. And um, basically, she she was in labor camp, and um, she escaped to China, but she was sent back, sent to labor camp. This is a very brief story. And... um, she basically showed people Jesus in the labor camp, and she would go to the toilet, and they would whisper in the, whisper in the toilet. And I think five people came to Christ because of her coming in, in, in the toilet, and um, it was amazing. And then at the end, um, she sung to us Amazing Grace, but it was just her, just the voices, so she said to sing along. So we all sung Amazing Grace with just 5,000 people, just our voices. And then they said the last verse we'll all sing, and the band will strike up. The band were very good because they picked the key up very well. And um, we sung when we've been there 10,000 years. It was like, oh, moment. And um, just a couple, I've got a photo on screen, actually. What was really cool, right, if you kept in the news this week, is that they said to us, flip it, Moshe, they said to us, um, can we stand and pray for Kim Jong-un? This is what we did two two weeks ago. So 4,000 people stood. We spent about 10 minutes praying for him and his salvation. And... It's just been the most incredible week. I watched this on the news. I don't know what your thoughts are. I don't really want to get political. Um, cause, but it was just amazing. There he is stepping into South Korea. Just an amazing week when I watched this. And I, I, I said to Jess, just reminds me of our prayers. Because when I prayed, there is a part of us that goes, really? Can I affect these things? And then this week, we've just watched the most amazing things. I think there's another one. And you could, we can be sceptical about this, and that's, you know, you could, but where have we been here before? This sort of thing, that's cool. But I just know as Christians, we're called to bring hope, not to bring scepticism. So I'm really excited about what's going on there. And it's just been the most fantastic weekend. I'm so glad I prayed for him. And um, someone we went on to Spring Harvest um, with, 
She made me laugh when she said it, but it's not really funny. She said, every time I go to the toilet now, I pray for Kim Jong-un because of the toilet story. I was like, <laughs> then I was like, that's kind of serious. <laughs> Great idea, um, but fantastic. You know, and so it was just the most amazing week watching this stuff. I don't know if you saw on the TV. Yeah, so let's keep praying because perhaps our prayers can change worldwide events. Yeah? Cool. So tonight, um, I want to... Uh, my preacher's called Meet Me at Galilee. And um, it's been a really, really great week because, um, I mean, my preacher was called This Is Me. <laughs> um, but I changed it to Meet Me at Galilee. And um, as I was writing this preach, my mum was actually on the Galilee. Uh, she spoke to me. She's on a boat on the Galilee. She's, she's currently in Jerusalem, I think. She's coming back in the next couple of days. Um, but it's really cool to be um, thinking about Galilee. And um, we're going to look at the story of the resurrection of Christ and how it how we can relate it to our lives, and um, we're going to look in the book of Mark in a second. But no, since I've had a girlfriend, who knows? Okay, sorry, slush time. Who knows? It's been it's been ten months, right? That lady, that is a world record. <laughs> uh, she takes no attention, by the way. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and I've never been to the cinema so many times in the last 10 months. I, seriously, it's just like, I, when we met, she was like, I love film. I was like, I hate film. And um, so I have been to the cinema so many times. And the last thing, last thing we saw was The Greatest Showman. And we've seen lots of films. And I promise you, I've seen more films in the last six months than I have, I'm serious, for the last 15 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know, right? It's, I'm always enjoying it. And um, <laughs> I do... <laughs> <laughs> um, but who knows, when you go to see a film, you always kind of judge the ending. You come out going, that had a great ending. That was a rubbish ending. If it had a rubbish ending, you're like, oh, poor ending. Yeah. I watched the film, I'll probably put hands up and you'll, you'll all just be blank, but I saw the film Baby Driver. Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah? Okay, yeah? I've got about three of you, that's good. <laughs> um, I thought, I'd actually reflecting, I quite liked it, but I remember coming out going, I didn't really like the end. Um... And the end is quite crucial, isn't it? And um, we're going to look at Mark today, the end of Mark, and we're going to see that when Mark's gospel, um, the resurrection, doesn't actually have such a cool ending. And so we're going to look at that, and um, we know the ending's really good news for us. And we're just going to read Mark chapter 16, 1 to 8. Fantastic story. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. I'm not sure which sun had risen there. And they said amongst themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they quickly, so went out quickly and fled from the tomb, for they trembled and were amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. That's the end of Mark. That's not a very good ending. Okay? In, if you are following along the Bible, there are, you know sometimes there's a bit where it says alternative ending, shorter ending, longer ending. Well, that was added later, in, I think in the second century, scribes. So Mark kind of does conclude there, although there are other endings if you carry on. Um, so there was these faithful women who um, go to the, the grave and um, 
they were visiting the place where the dreams had died. And um, I've got four points today. And, um, it's, and today, yeah, today is just about, Jesus says at the end of that story, meet me at Galilee. And that's where I want to head with the end of this. He's called to us to meet him at Galilee. Okay? So um, who knows? that I Because I was thinking during the week, the angel, didn't, the, the tombstone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. The tombstone was rolled away so we could look in to check out that he wasn't there. Jesus, Jesus didn't need a hand. You know, if he's going to go to all this effort of rising from the dead, he probably didn't rise from the dead and go, oh, shoot, no one's rolled the stone back. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, it was rolled back. Okay, so who knows that we can now look into the grave and see that there's nothing there. Okay, I've got four points today. And um, the first one is, while they were walking, God was working, okay? There are some faithful women here. I like to call them the Spice Girls, right? Okay, there they are with their spices. Um, they're, they're walking along, um, and then they're like, I love the fact they're walking along to the, the grave and the, the tomb, and, then, and it's brilliant, really, because they're like, who's going to roll the gravestone back? And it's kind of like, minor detail, minor detail. We need a henchwoman. The disciples, you know, they were like, who's going to roll the, the, the tomb back? And um, the tombstone back. And, um, do you know, sometimes the miracle isn't there, it's over there, and they get there, and they're like, I can't believe it. So while they were walking, God was working, and it's like they were having, just going about their, their ordinary things, and extraordinary things were happening behind the scenes. Little did they know, and sometimes that's like for us, we have an ordinary day, but who knows what God is up to behind the scenes. And I'm going to tell you a story about a very ordinary day I had. It's a shame my mum's not here, because she absolutely loves this story. She reminds me every six months. I find it a bit cringy, but she'll listen to a podcast. <laughs> so when I was about 12, this is the best story ever. This is one of my big God moments as a 12-year-old. Um, was I 12? Hmm, maybe a bit about 10. Okay, so um, at um, my middle school, I'm going to show my age by some references here. Do they have middle schools anymore? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, uh, it was Easter, funny enough, and they had an Easter egg competition. And I was only about 10, 11, 12. And the school was about 700 people. And I woke up that morning, I went, Mum, there's an Easter competition. You had to enter a raffle. She was like, great. And I, was, uh, I said, <laughs> I'll need a bag for when I win the egg, Mum. And she was like, because it's a huge egg. I was like, I'm going to win the egg. And uh, she was like, OK. So I, I remember. Now, a couple of years ago, sorry if you're so young. When I was young, they had carrier bags. I appreciate now they're bag for life, right? Is this, I don't know. So anyway, I said, Mum, get me a carrier bag. So um, she was like, okay. She thought it was hilarious. She did. You can tell. So I know the bags have changed somewhat. This was not a bag from 20 years ago. This is a bag from today. Um, so I got my carrier bag out, ready, stuffed it in my backpack, and off I went to school um, with 700 other kids. And um, I was remember sat, sitting one afternoon in French. I quite like French. And um, there was a knock on the door. And a teacher came in, and she went up to me. She only went up to me and said, here's the egg. I was like, I've got the egg. I've got the carrier bag. What? I've won the egg. 700 people. I've won the flipping egg. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not faith for a 10-year-old. I know, right? That's one of my big God stories. And uh, sure enough, onto, onto the bus I got with my carrier bag, because it wouldn't fit in my rucksack. I would be like, I don't want someone, because I could have got mugged. Because if I had it under my arm, someone's going to be a bit tempted by my egg. So anyway, off I went with my carrier bag. It was incredible. Got home, I was like, Mum, she's like, oh, I've got the egg. <laughs> and she was like, incredible. And I actually sometimes do think there's like a little bit of faith of children in that story somewhere. 
But who knew I was having just an ordinary day, but in the background, God was doing some extraordinary things. Yeah, and who knows, when you guys go to university tomorrow and you think you're having an ordinary day, who knows that there's going to be some extraordinary things happening for you guys? Yes. Yes. Whoop. There's whooping and cheering. I'm doing well. There's, for the purpose of the podcast, there was whooping. Sometimes I listen to the podcast. Have you ever done this? Ayo, you must have done this. Barry, you must do this all the time. There's just laughing of the preacher. It's horrible, isn't it? You crack a joke and you just hear yourself laughing. And it sounds like no one else is laughing. It's, it's awful. <laughs> like that. Okay, cool. We're doing good. So, the Spice Girls, they were faithful to the tomb. Jesus is gone. This, in fact, Mark, you notice, Jesus, not, Jesus is not, included, not in the story. No sign of Jesus in this story. So that's point one. While they were walking, God was working. Who knows in our ordinary lives what God is doing in the extraordinary behind the scenes, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Point number two, we are singled out for redemption. If we look at uh, Mark chapter 16, you've got verse 7 specifically. This is brilliant. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. Peter is singled out for redemption here. Peter, a couple of chapters before, was very unfaithful. Uh, He said, I won't deny you, Jesus, and he did. And it's quite incredible that despite our shame and our sin and the things we think, you know, stop us and our lack of confidence, our shyness, we are singled out for redemption. And in this story, it says, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, I still love Peter. Peter was a bit unfaithful, really, because he, he denied me, yet he singled out for redemption. Yeah? We are often singled out. I've got a couple of singled out moments. I was on the street the other day, um, going home, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was walking along the high street, and uh, um, there were... Can I say Mormons? <laughs> there were two Mormons walking towards me. You know, you just know what a Mormon looks like? Can, have you clocked it? Yeah? They've got a look. <laughs> they're, they have. Uh, they're, 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 they're good-looking American men, aren't they? And uh, so they walk along High Street, and I was walking I was like, they are Mormons. They're about as close as um, Blessing at the back. And I was like, Mormon, Mormons. And I was like... <laughs> So I'm walking towards them, I'm like, <laughs> and I, and I was like, and they weren't looking, they were so cash, I was like, got this, no problem at all. So I got closer and closer and closer. Hey, buddy. I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of the Book of Mormon? Yes. And you know, you just try to kind of dodge them. Often, I will go on my phone. Who's ever gone on their phone to act busy? Yes. Oh. Okay, we all have. Okay, <laughs> if I pass you in the street, I know what you're up to. Okay, and then also those um, people who try to like catch you in the street to sign their clipboard, or they're like, do you know? I just want to say I have cleared this joke with Emily at the back. Okay, <laughs> who does this? Um, you know, and they they're sort of in the street. I'm quite. I've got quite good at this because this is my whole day I'm in town. I bump into them the whole time, and they go, Hey, have you got five seconds? Yes, I have got five seconds. And they go, well, let me just tell you about... And Okay, time's up. Five seconds. That's five seconds. See ya. And, and I've gone. It's very easy to be singled out. And yet God singles us out as well for redemption. 
It doesn't matter about our confidence. It doesn't matter if we're shy, if we're bold, with a with a quiet one in class, with a loud one in class, with a gifted one. It appears on stage. We've got gifts in the background. We're singled out for redemption. God's word says, "Go tell, go, but go tell his disciples and even Peter, even Peter, that he's singled out for redemption." God singles us out for his glorious redemption. Amen? Yes. Point number three, we're flying. He isn't finished. I quite like the new song by O sung, Remembrance. I never know whether to sing Remembrance or Remembrance. Yes, it's Remembrance. Um, <laughs> I listened to a lot. I thought that. Um, and it said, uh, reminds me, something about reminds me you're not finished yet. That's a great line. I like that great line. Let's look at John 20, 3 to 8. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple who were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter. Okay, first of all, note to Bible, rude, rude. Okay, Peter can't run very fast. Okay, we're sorry about that. So the other disciple outran Peter, poor old Peter, and came to the tomb first. And he stooped down, lying and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and there the handkerchief had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. That'll do. So the handkerchief. Point number three, he isn't finished. This is a great point. The handkerchief is still folded. This is my handkerchief. I have to admit, it's not folded very well. But how amazing that God rose from the dead and this handkerchief is just like that still. And in Hebrew tradition, I was looking into the handkerchief, and the Hebrew tradition, when they got ready the, the dinner ready at the table, the handkerchief was a sign, you know, we're preparing for the master. And the handkerchief, when the handkerchief is on, um, oh, that was the worst handkerchief ever, wasn't it? Oh, no. um, it's a sign that it is finished. But actually, Jesus left the grave the handkerchief was still folded, so it wasn't finished. And I just think this, if I could have one hand, I could refold this, that would be great. I can't. So <laughs> I just think there's some, we've all got a folded handkerchief in a sense. Because God says it isn't finished. It isn't finished. There's stuff in our lives that isn't finished yet. It's like the, the handkerchief is so significant. The handkerchief was so significant in that story, it was pointed out. It said, and the handkerchief still lied there, folded. Thank you. It's like... It isn't finished. Yeah. yeah. It isn't finished. There you go. God says it isn't finished. They've all got situations in our lives where he said, it is not finished. The handkerchief is still folded. And yes, we know that Jesus was on the cross and he shouted, it is finished, because it was finished in a sense. But there's another sense where Jesus says, it isn't finished yet. It is not finished yet. It is not finished yet. And there's a folded handkerchief and he says, it's not finished yet. We are not done yet. And then the fourth point, my favorite point, Jesus says, meet me in Galilee. I did a little bit of research into Galilee, and um, it's really interesting. And if I was Shane Willard, I'd have conquered this point more, but I have, I'm not, so I haven't. <laughs> but perhaps I can ask him when he visits. So um, the Hebrew verb, help me out here, the Hebrew verb for Galilee is rolled stone. So I read it, I was like, Phew. Mm, I need to ask Shane about that one. So the thing is, they say, meet me in Galilee, but they, Galilee, they could have, he could have said, but meet him in Jerusalem. No, he said, meet me in Galilee. Why does he say, meet me in Galilee? 
Jerusalem was the center of all things. So it sort of made sense in a sense to go to Jerusalem. But he said, come with me to Galilee. Why did he say, come with me to Galilee? Because many reasons, actually. It was the place of the beginning. It was the place of his first miracle. It was the place of his last miracle. Jesus said, come with me to Galilee. Why? Why Galilee? Well, it's the place... There are so many examples in the Bible of things happening at Galilee. Yeah. It was the place of being set free. Yeah. Jesus says, come with me to Galilee. It's the place of setting you free. Come with me to Galilee. Why? It's the place of the banquet. It wasn't the wedding at Galilee. Yeah. Yeah? Come with me. Come with me to Galilee. Why? It's the place of the invite. There was a wedding there. You got invited. Come with me to Galilee. Why come with me to Galilee? Come with me to Galilee because there's a party in Galilee. Yeah. There's a place of the party. Follow me to Galilee. Why? Why come with me to Galilee? It's the place of the new wine. There's new wine in Galilee. There's miracles about new wine. Jesus says to us tonight, come with me to Galilee. Why else? It's the place of the family. In Galilee, there was family. There's miracles on, on family. There are weddings. There's parties. There's a banquet. There's new wine. And in the family, there's a place of inclusion. God said, come with me to Galilee. There's a place of inclusion. Jesus was bringing the resurrection right back home. It wasn't Jerusalem. Jesus was bringing the resurrection right back home. And he said to them, come with me to Galilee. And he says to us tonight, let's go to Galilee. Let's go to Galilee. Let's go to the place of inclusion. Let's go to the place of new wine. Let's go to the place of a banquet. Let's go to the place of extraordinary things. Let's go to the place of the beginning. Let's go to the place where the resurrection is being brought back home. And Jesus says, come with me to Galilee. Perhaps if you guys, who's getting baptized in a couple of weeks' time? Cool, cool, cool. Great stuff. Perhaps that will be your Galilee moment. Jesus is saying, come with me to Galilee. That's going to be a really special Sunday for you guys. That could be your Galilee moment. Sometimes our hopes looks like we're heading to Jerusalem. We're after Jerusalem because it seems like it makes sense. But Jesus says, nope, come with me to Galilee, the place of the party. Let's look at John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And who knows that when Jesus set off to Galilee, he didn't accompany his disciples to Galilee. He went ahead of them. Jesus knows our needs, even before we pray. He's ahead of the game. Before we shed a tear, he's ahead of the game. Before we ask for forgiveness, he's ahead of the game. Jesus says, I'm off to Galilee. And they were like, okay, Jesus is over there. Jesus is gone. Are we going to follow? When we leave church today, let us be more determined to follow Jesus in our homes, in our communities, in our university, in the choir, in the creation. Jesus has gone ahead of us and he's waiting on the mountain in Galilee. And he says, don't be afraid. Come with me to Galilee. Come with me to Galilee. So while they were walking, God was working. God is doing some amazing things in the dark as we saw at the right at the beginning with North Korea, right? Some amazing things. We don't think we're making any difference, but we are. The disciple of disappointment, of, who was disappointed the most, was singled out for redemption. And in the end of Mark, fear cannot be the end. The tomb was borrowed and not owned. For a time, we were tenants, but we were rent-free. God paid the price. He rented out that tomb. It wasn't home. It wasn't home. It was rent-free. Rent-free. God says, come with me to Galilee. So there are things in, in our lives we just need to say, no, we're going forward. We step out, we're going to Galilee. We're stepping out. God is amazing. I just love, I just love praising so much, you know. I just, as, a, as a worship leader, 
you know, you all have giftings and, you know, you know those things for yourself. But I know, I know, I know. When I get into a group of worship, people are like you guys. And God is just unequivocally lifted up. My heart is melted. And I know, I know, I know that that's where God has placed the gift in me. I'm like, sometimes, and you know, I might cover it quite well. When you guys are going, yes, I'm on the keyboard. I'm like, oh, this is tough, emotionally tough, because this is... This is my soft heart. I love to see God lifted up. Don't you love to see God lifted up? Don't you love to see God lifted up in your workplace? Don't you want to see God lifted up more at university? Don't you want to see God lifted up more in your homes, in your community? God says, come with me to Galilee, the place of the banquet, the place of the new wine. Yeah? Let's follow him to Galilee. And I just want to... I saw a film a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, it's a good film <laughs> uh, it wasn't Baby Driver and uh, um, and in the film I'm not going to talk about films I suppose, it? Um, it, there's a song called This Is Me and it's pretty cool and we're going to watch a bit of that film in a sec and um, yes I know calm yourselves ladies uh, there are tissues located on the front row down here by the way if you need them Okay, tissues available and the thing about this song is it's about stepping forward. The, the bearded lady, she sings, she hasn't, there's no shame. This is my day. I'm going forward. Yeah. And that's what God's challenge is for us tonight. You know, are we going to go forwards? Are we going to run forwards? Are we going to follow Jesus? Jesus has gone ahead of us. Are we going to follow him? Are we going to not hold back? It doesn't matter about shame. I've got a lack of confidence. Jesus says it doesn't matter. This is me. Are we going to step forward? Are we going to step forward tonight? Yeah. yeah. Are we going to respond to him tonight? You know, there's some things in our lives all the time that goes on. Exams, house moving, job changing, family stuff. Yet Jesus is ahead of us in it all. Jesus is ahead of us in it all. And we're going to watch this film. Not film. It's going to take too long. We're going to watch a clip. (laughs) You haven't got another two hours, have you? No. We'll watch a clip. And then we're going to worship. And in that worship time, I just want to lift up God so high that our hearts are melted. Because you know what, tonight, I just want to see God worshipped. And in that, I want to see God's kingdom extended. And if he should use someone like me, then he's very welcome to do that. But I am happy if God is lifted up really high tonight. The people in Crouch Street can hear a roar of praise because of some passionate people, because we choose to follow Jesus. We don't choose to follow a dead Jesus. We follow the resurrected Christ who's left the gravestone a long time ago. So you watch this rather cool clip. Tissues at the front. Could get emotional. Brace yourselves. It's great stuff. And God is just calling us to follow him tonight, yeah. Who wants to follow him? If you want to follow him, who wants to follow him? I want to follow him. I want to go wherever he's going tonight. Do you want to stand to your feet? We're going to worship. We're going to lift him really high. You know, I kind of want to get to a place where Crouch Street wonders what the heck's going on. Yeah? We just thank God that he arrested death. Yeah? That the grave is now open for us to step into. That he has called us more than conquerors. That he shows us a reckless love. He is incredible. He is incredible. Come on. If you're comfortable tonight, just let's just raise our hands as a sign of surrender to the King of Kings. He is incredible. He has risen from the grave and he has called us forward into every part of him. He is calling us to Galilee. He is calling us to the place of new wine. He is calling us to the place of life, not death. 
He is calling us to the place of miracles. He is calling us to the place of abundance. He is calling us to a place of inclusion. He is calling us to a place of family. He is calling us. He is calling us. He is calling you tonight. He is calling me tonight to a place called Galilee, which for us is something incredible. He has gone ahead and we say we will follow tonight, Lord God. We will follow tonight. Thank you, Jesus. We just worship you right now with our hands lifted high to heaven, Father God. We just say we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you tonight. Come on, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing Zephyr. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. 